Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you, and whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com, I do appreciate you tuning in here as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show here with you every weekday from 7 to 9 a.m. Hoping to give you all the best information, news, and entertainment in the world of sports. That's why I'm here, and uh, I'm glad you're here with me. We do appreciate you uh, making the choice to stick with ESPN Tucson. And uh, right here, as we do have uh, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, I try to keep it as local as I can, give you uh, a little bit of insight and plenty of opinions, of course, as always. Um, Coming up here in hour number two, we will discuss plenty of things in the world of football. I also have, uh, whether it's, you know, college or pro, uh, also have some NBA news and notes Maybe even get into some NHL as the uh, uh, the NHL find the Chicago Blackhawks for their misdeeds in a uh, in a scandal that occurred uh, during their playoff run from about a decade ago, and uh, Coyotes fans uh, rightfully are really upset about the the fact that the NHL seemed to levy a very unfair. Um, fine. And really, I mean, again, it's like one of those things like, why do we care what happened to the Blackhawks? Well, because when you compare it to what happened with the Coyotes and their scouting, you know, the, the scouting issues that they had and the draft picks that were taken away, it seemed like this was a lot less harsh for something that was a lot worse of an infraction. But we begin with the Mike Tomlin statement yesterday. So he addressed the media yesterday, was talking with the, with the media yesterday morning. Um, I thought this was uh, quite interesting because basically, you know, he, he's, you know he's talking about, uh, you know, he's talking with the, you know, with the media about everything else. Um, then somebody asked him about being, you know, having his name dropped essentially as a, a candidate for college jobs. Didn't specifically say which job. I thought, listen, I thought the question was very well stated by the member of the media. Normally I hate questions like that because it's like, what do you think the coach is going to say? Like, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Coach Tomlin, so Carson Palmer said that you were a candidate for the USC job. Is that true? Like, what is he going to say? Yeah, yeah, I uh, talked with USC. We're going to see where it goes. <laughs> no, come on, man. Usually I hate those types of questions. The question was formulated well. I, I appreciate the work done by that member of the media, whomever it was, that asked the question. He probably did not know the firestorm that was going to spew forth from the lips of Mike Tomlin following that question, however. He began very calmly by saying, hey, guys, look, I don't have time uh, for that speculation. And then he, then he paused and he goes, that's a joke to me. He goes, I have one of the best jobs in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? And that will be the last time I address it, not only today, but moving forward. And then he continued. He goes, you never say never, but never. <laughs> then he goes, anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. 
alluding to basically th- th- there's no way that you could pay me enough to leave my current job. There's not a booster out there, although I'm pretty sure there is. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's some guys out there. Uh, T. Boone Pickens, yeah, he, he, might, uh, he might have a, a checkbook. Or Warren Buffett, they might have some big enough checkbooks for you, but not that he would be taking an Oklahoma State job regardless. <laughs> so then, then he started in on naming other coaches in the league who don't get asked these questions. He said, anybody asking Sean Payton about that? Anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? Okay, now he's like, now he's starting to, you know, point fingers and things like that. Now this is where things kind of derailed for me. I was, I was on board with everything that he was saying until he started calling out the media for not asking other coaches. Now maybe Tomlin is completely unaware that Carson Palmer went on the Dan Patrick show on, on Monday and dropped Mike Tomlin's name as a candidate for the USC job. Maybe he's completely unaware of that and was blindsided by the question. I'm going to guess, however, and this is just, I, listen, I don't work for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not in that building I don't work for the franchise. I don't cover the team. But I'm pretty sure that his media relations guy would have told him, would have prepped him before that particular presser saying, hey, by the way, you're probably going to be asked about this because Carson Palmer dropped your name on a radio show yesterday about being a candidate for the USC job. Okay? That is the job of media relations guy, you know, media relations directors. We call them SIDs here at the college level. I guarantee you. Garen damn to you that the media relations guy knew that Carson Palmer dropped that name. If I knew about it, I'm sure that the media relations guy, whose job it is to filter through all of the media out there in regards to football and his specific team, would definitely have known about it and would have given Mike Tomlin the heads up. That's his job. Don't let your coach be blindsided and look like an idiot out there when a, a reporter throws a question at him that he was completely unprepared for. Okay, so so you, 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 you prep your coach that way, you prep your players that way, and you, you just trust that they'll do the right thing as their coach to do. So Mike Tomlin, now there are, there are people out there, and I'm not going to turn this into a, to a race thing because I don't like to play the race card. I let other people play the race cards. That's not me. I'm not about that life. Uh, I, don't, I don't play that game. There are people out there that are saying that he was asked this question, that he took offense because only black coaches are being asked about these these types of things. Okay, well, first of all, that's completely untrue. <laughs> there are plenty of white coaches out there, plenty of other black coaches out there that get asked about changing jobs all the time. That's what the media does. Anytime a, 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 a name is is mentioned, uh, they you know in, in a, in a, for another job, the media asks questions of those of those coaches, of those players, of those people. Okay, I think more what the realistic thing about this is is that he has a great respect for Sean Payton and Andy Reid who have been at their jobs for a long time. You know, he could have thrown Pete Carroll's name in the mix as well who's been at his job for a long time in the NFL. I think he basically, those were just the two names that came off the top of his head. He didn't specifically say, I don't hear anybody asking white coaches if they're up for the job, okay? So the people that are trying to play the race card in this, and you know whether it's fans or you know members of the media or players or whatever, that have decided that they're going to uh, take up the effort and and chastise the media for 
racially profiling or whatever you want to call it uh, of Mike Tomlin, you know, basically saying that I, I don't know what they're saying. Like, I don't, I don't know what the motivation is behind that. I'm pretty sure that Mike Tomlin was not looking at it that way. What he did was mention two coaches that are very highly respected that are extremely good at their jobs, Sean Payton and Andy Reid. Most people would argue uh, – most, most, I'm sorry. Most people would not argue with the statement that they are two of the best coaches in the NFL in the world of football. I mean, just you, you can't argue with that. Payton and Reid are as good as they get. So let's stop. Let's, let's drop the race card on this, okay? Let's not – play that card it's not necessary here it's not relevant to this situation Mike Tomlin's name was dropped by Carson Palmer on a radio show the media member asked about it now when Mike Tomlin said that's a joke to me I laughed because I said the same thing when Carson Palmer said that on the Dan Patrick show when I heard that he had said that I it's like the scene from Anchorman where Ron Burgundy is having his fight with Veronica Corningstone when she mentioned that she wants to be a news anchor. And he goes, I wrote it down in my diary. Veronica told a very funny joke today. Like, that's the way I felt when Carson Palmer, when I'd heard that Carson Palmer said that Mike Tomlin was a candidate for the USC job. Well, hell, I was like, I mean, I'm just, I was like texting my buddies. I'm like, hey, Bill Belichick's probably, uh, uh, you know, probably up for the job too. He's a candidate. Why not? Why not just throw every name out there? You know, Carson Palmer, a former, uh, obviously, an alumnus of, of USC, wants to take great pride in his program and wants to see the best coach available to run his program. There is no doubt in my mind that Mike Tomlin would absolutely slay the dragon that is national, that is the uh, that is college football at a national level while he's at USC. It, I mean, there's no question in my mind that Mike Tomlin would turn that program around tomorrow and have them being a national contender. Who wouldn't want to play for Mike Tomlin? <laughs> I mean, seriously. That dude is a magnet, and he's a hell of a football coach. There's no doubt in my mind he would have that thing turned around in a day. However, he's not taking that job. Mike Tomlin ain't walking through that door at USC. So I I just thought it was funny. And, and people are, like, fighting on Twitter about it. I saw Michael Lev. He was, uh, he was in a big Twitter debate with people yesterday about it. I don't get it. Like To me, Mike Tomlin summed it up in his first statement. The second sentence that he said was, that's a joke to me. <laughs> I mean, it, that, that, it's over. He's right. It is a joke. Who, in, who on God's green earth would believe that Mike Tomlin would be interested in leaving, leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers for USC? Good Lord. I can't believe Carson Palmer even said something that stupid. Like, that's just... That, to me, is dumb. Like, I've had some people drop some information on my shows before. I've certainly broken some news. I've had some really interesting conversations with people, whether they're other members of the media, players, coaches, uh, executives, people in you know positions of power. I've had some really interesting conversations with athletic directors, uh, and, and some of them live on the air. Where they've said something so outlandish, you're like, wait, wait, hang on, what'd you say? Wait, did you just say this? Uh, you want to elaborate on that? Where are you getting this information from? Now, I didn't see the interview with, with Carson Palmer at all on the Dan Patrick Show. I respect Dan. I worked with Dan uh, for several years, and uh, he's a great guy. He, he runs a great show. He's one of the best interviewers 
in in the world, regardless of you know, regardless of, of of media, whether it's you know sports news or entertainment news or whatever. He's one of the best interviewers in the world. He's he's got that thing figured out. I don't know what was said after that, but I would have I would have laughed. I would have laughed. I would have written it down in my diary and said, Carson Palmer told me a very funny joke today. <laughs> Seriously. So can we just let's stop just throwing names out there? We need to stop that because it's just, again, here we go. <laughs> it happens every year. I laugh every year because this is what happens. There's a, a big job comes up. Every single year, it's a big job. Oh, it's a big job, and this is one of the top jobs. We we rank all the jobs in America every time we do this. And I listen. I have fun doing it. It's a fun list to keep as I revolve, you know, every year, and I keep looking at the list from last year, remembering things from last year, the two years prior, whatever have you. What's a better job now? Blah blah blah. Mike Tomlin ain't leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers for anybody, for anything, anywhere. The only way he's being taken out of there, being dragged out, kicking and screaming, ain't happening. Look, that, that team this year, like, if they finish 500 or wherever, whatever the equivalent to a 17-game season 500 is, if they finish anywhere near 500 with their quarterback situation, their offensive line situation, I give that dude coach of the year. That's how good of a job he's doing this year. They're 3-3 three and three right now. They beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo to open the season. They're very much alive in the in the AFC right now, and it's because of Mike Tomlin. Like that's just that's insane to me that they they shouldn't be in, they should be at best two and four right now with the way that they've played uh, offensively. At best two and four, that dude is one hell of a football coach. And again, look, any program in college would be doing handsprings if they were able to lure away Mike Tomlin from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ain't happening. (laughs) Just period. Stop. Now, James Franklin, on the other hand, (laughs) oh, boy. James Franklin had a little bit of a a rough press conference yesterday, wouldn't you say? If you didn't hear about this, James Franklin, head coach at Penn State, who has been rumored as – uh, as you know, one of the lead candidates for the USC job, maybe even the LSU job, because that is now obviously up for uh, up for grabs. As uh, Ed Orgeron is going to step down at the end of the year, James Franklin is one of the top candidates in the country. He was able to take Vanderbilt to a bowl game for God's sakes. If you can do that, you've you've earned a, a, a you know a, uh, I guess a, a a job or not a job, but an interview at least at any table in the country. Period. Now, yesterday, during a very rough press conference, he said that he's focused on Illinois, their next game. But that's not their next game. (laughs) Their next game, uh, they play a little school called Ohio State on Saturday. Then he reverted. He's like, I'm not Illinois. You know, they'll be our next home opponent. Uh, You know, we play uh, Ohio State on Saturday, and I'm focused on that, that game in the big house as Ohio State fans scream to their TVs to scream or their radios or whatever to scream at James Franklin because that is not the big house. The big house is the place where the Michigan Wolverines play their home games. The big house. It's the largest football stadium in America. (laughs) So two snafus, bang, bang. Okay, Wasn't aware who their next opponent was. Didn't know the name of the stadium where they play. 
This is not his first year in the Big Ten, folks. Was this year eight, seven, seven or eight for Franklin at uh, at Penn State? Yeah. <laughs> so he's been there a while. So I'm like, okay, that sounds like somebody who may have one foot out the door already. Then we find out later, uh, yesterday, because of uh, football scoop, a uh, you know, a, a, it's a it's a you know a group a, a website if you will that is a rumor monger group. Okay, however, according to them, there was some uh, there was some talk that he has possibly changed agencies. Now he has been with the same guy forever. Has basically had his same agent forever. According to Football Scoop, he has fired that agent and has signed on with uh, CAA, which is like the biggest agency, sports agency for coaches uh, in the country, and has specifically signed on with Jimmy Sexton. Now, Jimmy Sexton basically has a bat phone line directly to the SEC. Um, He represents Nick Saban. He represents Kirby Smart. Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, he's Steve Spurrier's agent. So, yeah, like a direct line right into the SEC. Now, maybe that changes things. You know, maybe uh, James Franklin is now looking at the LSU job. I don't know if that changes things, if he's got an in there or whatever. But snafus at the press conference, not knowing who your next team is or where they play their home games at, a change of agency to a powerhouse agency and a, and a, and a powerhouse agent who is known for landing huge jobs for coaches. And, oh, by the way, his buyout was recently dropped to just $4 million. James Franklin will most likely not be the head coach at Penn State next season at State College. They're going to be looking for a new coach, and the carousel goes round and round. Maybe the next head coach will be Brian Harson. Why? <laughs> oh, here's some news for you. So, Auburn University. They announced, um, I, I think they announced a couple of weeks ago, that they are now having a December 8th deadline. All Auburn employees, all university employees, must be vaccinated. Now, we know that Nick Rolovich was recently fired at Washington State because of the state of Washington's mandates to have state employees vaccinated. Okay? He was fired, now has a lawsuit against them along with four other uh, assistant coaches. We may get into more of that story later. Uh, again, a fired coach, I it's it's kind of over for me now at this point. I don't want to sit there and just keep dragging this guy around. I, it's dead weight, in my opinion. But Brian Harson, the head coach at Auburn, has been uh, under some scrutiny, not only because of a uh, midseason firing that he had, but also just, you know, not kind of ingratiating himself with the community of the SEC and there on the plains in Alabama. Now, this December 8th deadline would normally not be a problem. But Brian Harson has not confirmed whether or not he is vaccinated. In fact, at SEC Media Day, he raised some eyebrows when he said, this is a personal decision. It's deeply personal for a lot of people, and that's how we approach it. We say, here's the information. You make the decision. Now, during the or leading up to the season opener, for Auburn this year, media member asked him what his vaccination status was. He declined to answer. He said, I'm, I'm not here to discuss uh, an individual's decision or status on the vaccine, including my own. He described himself as not anti-vaccine, 
which is not the same thing as being pro-vaccine. So December 8th, coming up, Auburn is requiring their employees to be vaccinated. If Brian Harson is one of those people, like Nick Rolovich, that wants to take a hard stand on being not vaccinated, of course that is his choice. But he will be out of a job at Auburn if he continues to do that. So, again, no idea what his status is. It's not, it's, it's not our job to know. It's not our business to know right now. But on December 8th, we're all going to get the answer. <laughs> because if Brian Harson is fired on December 8th, then we know that his appeal for, you know, whatever, uh, religious exemption or whatever have you, uh, medical or religious exemption, did not go through with the state of Alabama, and he gone. So we'll continue to watch that. So Auburn may be looking for a new head coach this offseason as well. And the coaching carousel goes round and round and round. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll talk some Arizona basketball. Arizona basketball, of course, Going to be uh, doing their exhibition game on Monday night. We'll have a little bit of a preview for that. But I'm going to lay out some what I think are realistic expectations for Arizona men's basketball this season. Now, the NFL season is approaching the halfway point, And FanDuel Sportsbook has a little something different to offer for this Sunday night's matchup between Dallas and Minnesota. Now, because FanDuel is giving new customers 25 to 1 odds on any touchdown scored in the game. You've heard me talk about it. So a $5 bet will win you $125 on any touchdown. Period. End of story. <laughs> Boom. So, like, I'll just take Ezekiel Elliott for any touchdown uh, in this game. Plus, I'll probably throw Cowboys money line on there with an over on Dak's passing yards. And if you do the same thing, you'll have your SGP, and you can play the SGP as well with your $10 risk-free SGP bet. Offers like this are one of the many reasons why betting the NFL on FanDuel is fun and it, look, it, there's there's a lot of great promotions out there to get you paid, and now you can now they're accepting Venmo, so you can pay via Venmo, giving even you even more flexibility to use those safe and secure checkouts when dealing with FanDuel Sportsbook. Now the FanDuel Sportsbook app is easy to use. Trust me, I figured it out in like three days, which means you'll have it figured out in about 20 minutes. And of the uh, transactions, as I mentioned, are safe and secure, and they're fast. So. Be ready for all the great customer service things that they offer. It's sports betting made simple. They're hooking you up with great offers like this one. Plus, when you win, you get paid out in just a couple of hours, and that's at a maximum. See for yourself. Don't take my word for it. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And when you do, sign up with my promo code, DEAN, because that's how you're going to get that $5, the 25-to-1 odds, the $5 bet, $125 uh, win for any touchdown in the Sunday night game. But you've got to sign up before Sunday night using my promo code, DEAN, so you get the right promotion for that particular deal exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over in President Arizona, new users only. $10 first deposit is required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus is $125. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next Step to 53342. Tommy Lloyd and the Wildcats take to the hard court next week. We'll have a preview for them next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Tommy Lloyd and the Wildcats getting ready for their season. The uh, the Monday exhibition game is going to be against Eastern New Mexico. That game is at the McHale Center on Monday night at 7 o'clock. 
Uh, that's November 1st, Monday night. Um, if you can make it, head on out, man. There's, there's, uh, there's tickets available. You can go to ArizonaWildcats.com, and uh, you can buy your tickets there. And, of course, at the McHale Ticket Office, you can buy them there as well. But come out and support the team. Look, this is the first time fans are going to be in McHale to watch some basketball since the end of the embattled 2019-2020 season. And uh, we are looking forward to having you guys out there, looking forward to having fans in McHale Center. You know, I, I, last year was a was a strange year on, on many levels. But as someone who, from, from my position as the PA announcer, it was just so bizarre to be in that building when it was empty, it, because you know, as as PA announcer, it's it's my job to deliver the news that happens on the court to the fans in attendance. That's basically what I do, and I believe that less is more. I'm one of those, uh, you know, less is more people. Let the people sit back and enjoy the game, especially at Arizona, where the fans are extremely knowledgeable about the game of basketball. They know what they're doing. Like that's one of my favorite things about announcing at McHale because the fans are so aware of everything that's happening. They can, they can feel the presence, uh, you know, of when they're needed. Um, You know, they know when to rise for their team to get their team hyped up, you know, and and I've seen it happen. I I can't even like in in the eight years that I've done this, I, I can't even count on my fingers and toes how many times the team has immediately responded to a crowd swell, basically where the crowd is like, we need more from you guys. We want to urge you on. We're here to cheer you on. We want you to win, whatever you know, whatever the, the motivation is. And the Wildcats go on a run, and oftentimes that run results in an ultimate victory. I, I can't, I, honestly, I, I cannot count the amount of times that that has happened, just in my eight years. Not to mention the 30 years that I've been going to basketball games prior to that. So it, it, it's important that the fans are there. Now, the exhibition game against Eastern New Mexico, not a big deal, obviously. The Wildcats open their season the following Tuesday, November 9th, against NAU. It's kind of a later start that night. It's an 8.30 uh, start, so kind of late. But, again, come out and see the team. Like, I, I, I can't I, – I, I can only do so much discussing the team here on the radio. You have to come out and see them play. I'm telling you right now, it's exciting. I didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday. If you watched the the uh, the scrimmage that they had, essentially the, the secret scrimmage that they had against St. Mary's, which they've been doing for the last uh, seven or eight years, I think, um, the the you know the team released a video from that secret scrimmage. There wasn't any media available because that's NCAA says you can't do it. But they released a video. The first thing I noticed, the first thing I noticed of that video. First of all, Christian Coloco won the tip against a guy who's seven foot three. That's pretty awesome. Um, St. Mary's Center, seven foot three. Christian Coloco won the tip. The ball went right into Kirk Kreese's hand, and he didn't stop and hold his hand up and be like, "Okay, guys, this is what we're gonna." Kirk Kreese grabbed the ball and started running with it, like I mean, dribbling and running. <laughs> Obviously, you can't just start running with the football, or the basketball. Uh, he grabbed, it, got the ball, and boom, went go. It was like. Got the ball, let's go. Boom. That is exactly what you could expect from this basketball team this year. It was uh, it was, it was the first thing I noticed. It was eye-opening. I was like, oh, look, at, there he goes. It was quick. It was right into the offense. Go, attack. Boom. Let's get, let's get 99 today, whatever, you know, whatever it was. I do not know the score of the game. I do not care about the score of the game. One of the things that I noticed, though, was that it happened quickly. 
fast. Get right into your offense. Don't catch the ball and be like, okay, whew, we got the ball. Now what? <laughs> it was like, bang, go. And he was off to the races. Team went off. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know what happened with the rest of that, that particular possession, but it was full go from two-tenths of a second in. That's the kind of excitement you can expect out of Tommy Lloyd in Arizona basketball this season. Now, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, I'll actually have my realistic expectations. This is a short segment here. I'm going to do some realistic expectations for Arizona men's basketball this year. Uh, the, you know, what we can expect as far as like a win total. You know, essentially, I'm not going to sit there and do, oh, this is a W, this is a W, this is an L, this is a W. Not going to do that. And certain individual players to look for by the time the season's over. We'll talk about that next. You're listening here on ESPN Tucson to the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Talking Wildcat basketball. I, I, my mantra for the last, I don't know, five, six years, I think, for people, for myself, for any, anyone else that I give advice to, is to manage your expectations. I just feel like managing your expectations should be in everyone's daily life. Uh, if you're able to manage your expectations, you're just you're, you're not going to set yourself up for multiple letdowns, which can lead to other types of you know breakdowns and emotions and, and just a way of thinking and mindset and mental health and all these other things. It's just it's just important that we all manage our expectations and telling sports fans to manage your expectations is like telling a child to put down the cookie. I mean, it's just not like, they're like, why, why? I like the cookie. I want the cookie. I want to eat the whole cookie. I want to eat another cookie. <laughs> sports fans. It's, it's difficult. Now for this season for men's basketball, I'm telling fans to manage their expectations for a limited amount of time. Okay. Because I expect bigger things out of this team later in the season. This team is going to win plenty of games this year, eventually. Okay? And I'm not saying they're going to go out there and lose to NAU in the home opener, season opener, whatever have you. Okay, They have some tough teams coming up. You know, I know we play North Dakota State on November 16th. Like, that team's no slouch. They're returning all five starters from last year's team. They have uh, two guys that are all-conference players returning this year, two all-conference uh, players in that league. First team all conference players on that team, so like they're no slouch. Like that's a good basketball team. Okay, and I'm not saying Arizona's going to lose that game, but they will be tested in several of these games early on. That's before they head to Las Vegas to take on Wichita State and potentially Michigan or UNLV. So this team is going to be tested early. They have a really good schedule. You know, we we open up with uh, with conference games in December this year. Okay, they play Washington. Uh, on December 2nd. Then they got to travel up to Corvallis to take on Oregon State three days later. It's a weird a weird schedule, a home and away, Washington and Oregon State. It's kind of weird. Then they play uh, you know, a preseason first-team All-American in Kofi Coburn in Champaign, Illinois, when they make the, uh, the return trip to Illinois. Illinois played here two years ago. Now we got to go play there. They still got Kofi Coburn, who came back this year, retransferred back in, essentially. He's as solid as it gets, and I mean solid in every sense of the word. They got to go to Tennessee. They got to play in Knoxville against Tennessee team, who's preseason ranked. I think they're 18th preseason right now. Really good basketball team. They open the Pac-12 
the rest of the Pac-12 season, the post-Christmas Pac-12 season, we'll call it, at UCLA and at USC, the two teams who are considered to be two of the three best teams in this league, two of the four best teams in this league. Then they turn around, they got to go to Arizona State, got to play the rival right after that. Look, it's not an easy road, folks. This is not an easy road by any stretch of the imagination. This team is going to win basketball games. I guarantee it. And this team will win enough games, in my opinion, to be postseason eligible if the NCAA allows it. I do believe that this team eventually will have a top 25 ranking. I believe this team is that good. I really honestly do. Because, number one, I believe in the head coach. Tommy Lloyd is no slouch. He's been at Gonzaga for 20 years. And and I, I can continue to tell you all these things that I know about him from people, not only people who covered the team in Gonzaga, but from experts across the country who have a, a finger firmly pressed on the pulse of college basketball. And if I don't want to take their word for it, I can just talk to a former player that I know very, very well who played at Gonzaga, played for, for Mark and for Tommy, and will tell you everything you need to know, need to know about Tommy Lloyd and how much of a grip he had on that program, not only just in the last 20 years as an assistant, but specifically over about the last eight years where he really made that team his own. That program is as indelibly marked with his fingerprints as they are with Mark Views. And if you don't believe in what Gonzaga basketball is doing, I can't help you. <laughs> there's just there's there's no help for you. If you think that that's that that's that should be cast aside and that they've underperformed or whatever, uh, I can't help you. There is no help for you. I also believe in the players on this team. There are some individual players on this team that are damn good basketball players. When we look at the awards that are going to be handed out at the end of the season by the Pac-12, there's lots of individual awards. Of course, Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, Most Improved Player, Six Man, blah, blah, blah. There's the all-Pac-12 team. The first team includes 10 players, and then there's 10 more players between the second team and the honorable mention. Last year, Arizona had two players amongst those three lists. James Akinjo was a first-team guard on the Pac-12 team, and Azula Tobelis was an honorable mention in the uh, on the on the honorable mention side for the forwards, I fully expect Arizona to have at least three players, at least three, among those three teams, and I think we're going to get two on the first team All Pac-12. There's no reason to think that Benedict Matherin and Azulus Tabellas, with how good they are, how dominant they are at their position, and how much they've improved this offseason, won't be on that list. There's no reason for me to think that. There's a lot of open spots on that list. Guys who were on the first-team list last year that did not return this year. I already mentioned James Akinjo, Timmy Allen at Utah, gone. Oscar Da Silva, gone. Chris Duarte, draft. Remy Martin, transfer. Evan Mobley, draft. Eugene Omuguri, uh, draft. Ethan Thompson, graduate. McKinley Wright, draft. There is, there's like two guys, maybe? It might only be one. I think it's just I think it's just Tiger Campbell. I think he's the only the only returning member of the first team All Pac-12 team. So, yeah, plenty of opportunities for those guys to step up and be joining the All Pac-12 team. You get on that All Pac-12 team that, that says something. You've you've done you've done your job as a player in this league. If you get on that uh, uh, if you get on that and you've done it exceptionally well, and I think that Arizona will have at least three players mentioned amongst those top twenty players in the conference this year. That's a pretty good ratio, folks. Pretty good ratio. I think Arizona has an opportunity to have the 
defensive player of the year on that list. Christian Coloco, if you haven't noticed, is seven foot, seven foot one, with a really long wingspan, and likes to block shots. He's bodied up this year. Did you watch the uh, uh, Did you watch the Red Blue game? Using his body. Did you watch any parts of the scrimmage that was posted? The video scrimmage from St. Mary's that was posted. He was using his body, finishing with the left hand. Now I'm not saying you know player of the year, but I'm saying defensive player of the year. I think Arizona's got a candidate for that. I think Christian Coloco is that candidate. When you're talking about player of the year, I think Arizona has two candidates for player of the year this year. I know the, the two guys at UCLA are really damn good. Jaime Jaquez and Johnny Juzang, both really good, really good basketball players. There's a lot of really good basketball players in this league. Some guys transferred in from, you know, from other leagues that are also really good, that were league leaders where they were in their conference. It's going to be a tough fight, but... I think for Benedict Matherin and Azulis Tubelis, I think both of those guys have opportunities to be a player of the year candidate for Arizona this year. They're both on preseason watches for their particular positions. And if you watch them play and watch them mature and grow the way that I have, Benedict Matherin's jump shot is sick. Like, he, he, went, he went to school this offseason and really nailed down that jumper. That's why he's one of the top players in Canada. And Azulis Tubelis is an absolute horse. Six foot eleven, runs the floor extremely well, can stretch to the three and shoot, is always around the rim, get, uh, grabbing rebounds. He's got great hands. And, oh, by the way, he can also take flight from the free throw line, as we saw at the red-blue game, and slam dunk a ball from the free throw line. Then you have guys that are extremely multiple. Dalen Terry, a guy who's going to play on both ends of the court extremely well. He got over his jitters in the first 15 games, I think, last year was what we kind of saw from Dalen, turned the ball over a lot, looked unsure of himself, and then really matured during the, during the conference season. I, I, the growth that I saw from Dalen in, from midseason to the end of the season was the, the greatest amount of growth that I've seen on any player on that team last year. His growth was exponential. He really rounded into his, himself and his role and his ability as a player at the end of the season, and he's only looking better this year. You got a couple of transfers in Kim Aiken and Justin Kyer. Kim Aiken was raining threes at the red-blue game. He was raining threes at the scrimmage against St. Mary's the other day. He went to work with Corey Kispert in the offseason and learned how to really get a a consistent, fast-release jump shot, and it is working. And he's a great leader. Justin Kyer, good physical guard, runs well, can handle, finish at at, 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 uh, at all three levels. Good player to have. I, I, I'm, there's a lot of things to be excited about with this basketball team. A lot of things. But we have to manage our expectations. This team is not going to go out there and win 30 games this year. I hope they do. I absolutely hope they do. I hope this team blows everyone's doors off. I hope they're the number one team in the country. These are all things that, that we wish out of our, our, our basketball team, right? Reality is it's going to take a while to get there. New program, new system, new coach, new players, new assistants, new everything. So it's going to take some time. But they're talented enough. They're well-coached enough. The system is going to work well for these players. And I think Arizona's got a good shot. they got a real good shot at the, uh, at the conference title. If, if things break well, if things go their way, and if they can play enough defense, get enough stops, essentially, to – slow down some of the great scores that are in this league, and there really are some great ones, they've got a shot. 
This is a really good league this year. We saw last year how good the conference performed in the postseason. That's going to carry over this year. I know a lot of those players are gone, but some of those teams improved. Like, there's like – we talked about it when we, when, we, when we did our, you know, our little you know, preseason top 12 finishes or whatever. There are four teams who are basically out of it. We know, we know those four teams are going to finish near the bottom of the, of the Pac-12. The other eight teams outside of UCLA, which everybody has number one, the other eight teams, everybody's like, no, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that team finishes second. Maybe that team drops from second to sixth. Who knows? Catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe these transfers are going to work out. Maybe this new freshman that they got is really going to take, take, the, take the league by storm. It's an open league. It's a competitive league. And the Wildcats have their shot. Come out and uh, cheer on the team if you can. I, I, I just There's nothing like taking in a game at McHale. Tickets are extremely affordable right now. I heard that tickets at that dump in Tempe are more expensive than the tickets are at McHale Center. That's absurd. Get your tickets. Go out and support the team. These are your boys. Get out there and show support for Tommy Lloyd and uh, those young men that are going to be out there on the hard court this year at the McHale Center representing your city of Tucson. All right, when we return, we're going to put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Real quick, want to hit on an, an article that was written, uh, that was posted to The Athletic this morning. Sam Amick, uh, their lead NBA writer, does a phenomenal job. Uh, covering the NBA, and he's just—he's a big, just a—he's a big sneaker geek. Like he just loves to be out there watching ball. Like he, like last year, not able to go to games, stuff like that, probably killed him. Um, he sat down with Monty Williams before the before the season opener uh, last week. The Suns had against the uh, against the Nuggets, and he talked with with Monty Williams, and he specifically started asking him about DeAndre Ayton. He asked him, "quote As of the leader here, and the guy who is supposed to, uh, and the guy who is so good when it comes to the interpersonal stuff, what's your perspective on DA and the question of whether there might be a butterfly effect negatively from his situation, and if so, how do you massage that?" Monty responded by saying, "Yeah, I don't believe there will be, because you still get to play ball. We all still get paid, and for me, my goal is to help guys win and get paid. So when a guy doesn't get what he wants, and the two sides don't agree." I take that as I didn't do enough. Like, that's my job, and that's how I look at it. He says, I've been privy to information and conversations, but for me as a leader on the floor, that's what I take seriously. He goes, I'm not the reason guys get paid, but when they don't get what they want and negotiations go awry, I'm like, well, how do I help them out? Because that's my job is to help those guys achieve their goals, all their goals. That's how I look at it. That's a leader, folks. That's a that's a that's a, a response that you want from your head coach. This is not a, a, a canned response from somebody. It's like uh, I, I let the, I'm just worried about coaching. I'm just worried about winning the next game. I'm worried about the Denver Nuggets right now. I let the guys who were in charge of the money and writing the checks worry about that stuff. It doesn't doesn't affect what we do here. Everything's fine. <laughs> People that say that you're like everything's not fine. Monty Williams takes it personal when a guy doesn't get paid because. He wants his guys to achieve all their goals. And obviously, <laughs> winning games is paramount. That's number one goal for everybody. I shouldn't say everybody. Maybe there's 
plenty of guys, and I shouldn't say maybe, I know there are plenty of guys in the league that only care about one thing, and that's making the money. But Monty Williams said, look, my job is to get guys winning and to get guys paid. As a head coach, that's my job. You don't hear coaches say that too often. Like, I take it personally when my guy doesn't get paid. Like, I didn't do my job. Just one of the more reasons to like Monty Williams. That guy has lived an incredible life. And he is, uh, he's leading those guys on the Suns. And I hope they, uh, they figure out how to pull their head out and get that dude paid because they need DeAndre, they need Monty to be on the same page if they want to get back to the finals. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports who joined us to talk Arizona Cardinals, of course, every Wednesday here. And, of course, thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work and keeping us on the air here and keeping me on task. And thanks to you for tuning in here to Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. We'll see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. right here on 1490 a.m., 104.9 FM, ESPN, Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXZ HD for Tucson.